This is Dave Gorman from Orange Island, and you're listening to The New Scene. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The New Scene. I am your host, Keith. And we're back with another brand new episode. And in the guest hosting chair this week, I've got Emily Whitehurst back on the show. Em, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. You know, so much has changed since the last time we spoke. And uh, maybe I'll get into that later. But it's great to have you back on the show. What's going on? How have you been? Well, first off, thank you. It's great to be back on the show. Um, I have been really good and really, really busy. Let's give the people a tease. What are you up to? What are you working on these days? I've been recording new music. Um, Yeah, I've been in the studio. I've been spending lots and lots of time in the studio. I'm pretty, pretty excited about it. What do we got coming? New record? Yeah, yes. Well, we've got a couple new things. Um, We've got a we've got two new releases to come out. Uh, Not not a ton of specifics, because it's definitely in the future. But uh, but yeah, a lot going on with that. That's exciting. And you know what, I like being busy all the time when then I always fantasize about days of doing absolutely nothing. And then when there is a day like that, I freak out. I'm like, what am I going to do? It's just, you know, I think busy is the place to be. It is. It is for sure. I also fantasize about days with nothing to do, but I so far I haven't had any of those in a really, really long time. (laughs) (laughs) When would you say that was the last time? Uh, I would say probably when I was in high school and used to have, used to have summer vacations. High school? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we got to get you a day off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess, you know what? I guess I have been on some vacations. So yes, I have. Since then, I have been on a few vacations where I wasn't on tour and wasn't doing something productive, but they're so rare that uh, I treasure them. Yes. Yeah. No, that's the way to be. It keeps it special. It keeps it special. And listen, everybody, we've got a very special interview. We have Tiffany. Yes, Tiffany, the pop star. You may remember her career kicking off in the 80s with the shopping mall tour. She has continued to write and release music over the years. She's got a new album, Shadows, that just came out. And when this came across my desk, I was like, I have to talk to Tiffany. I mean, M. How many artists do you talk to on a daily basis who have had a number one single in their lifetime? (laughs) Uh, Zero. Same here. (laughs) So when I saw this, I was like, wait a second, Tiffany? I can talk to Tiffany. I remember the shopping mall tour and the music video back in the day. I remember tours with New Kids on the Block and that whole era, Debbie Gibson, all that stuff. That was when I started to kind of become aware of pop culture and music and have little crushes. So I jumped at the chance to talk to Tiffany and we cover everything, her family, the legal battles, the shopping mall tour, everything she's up to now. It's great. You remember Tiffany, right? Yes, of course. Of course. I remember the uh, the rivalry. Well, at least the perceived rivalry between her and uh, Debbie Gibson. I don't know if that was a real thing or not. I think it was real. Yeah. <laughs> But they eventually mended fences and did a documentary or some type of film together. So that's good. Yeah, they did like, um, they did, uh, oh, what was it? They did like a sci-fi original movie together. It was like giant gator. It was like gators versus pythons or something like that. Yeah, I forget the exact title, but you're very close on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that interview is coming up momentarily. So strap in. But first, here's how you can support us. The new scene. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at New Scene Pod. We've got shirts available at Death Wish Inc., a long sleeve option, and t shirts. Head over to Death Wish Inc. and search The New Scene. You'll see the shirts and reviews. Give me Apple Podcast and Spotify reviews. Five stars, please. I can't handle any less than that. And if you write a nice review on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it on the air. Also, don't forget to support Iodine Recordings. Her head's on fire has a new video out for Rising Tide, and that just premiered at The Alternative. Go check that out. And if you haven't heard the band, check them out. 
There's, I always forget the name of the song. I think it's the last song on their full length. I love that song. They always open with it when I see them live. Good band, good people, good music. Check it out. For more from Iodine Recordings, head over to their Instagram at Iodine Recordings or the website at iodinerecords.com. So, M, let's talk about music that we are listening to right now. It can be old, it can be new. I'm interested in hearing about what you're listening to. Lay it on us. Well, since I have been in the studio, I haven't technically been listening to a lot aside from my own music and (laughs) tearing it apart and scrutinizing it in every way. Although I, let's see, before I left for the studio, I can say one record that I was listening to front to back was the Dawn of the Dead soundtrack. Have you listened really? to that? Yeah. Do, are we talking original Dawn of the Dead or the new one? The original. With, I with, love that. With Goblin playing some of the main tracks. And uh, it just, I do a an occasional, uh, once a month I do a, uh, like a DJ, a vinyl DJ stream for my Patreon. And since it was October, um, I was doing, you know, whatever kind of creepy stuff I had laying around and I listened to the whole soundtrack and I, I have seen the movie before, but it's been a little while. Uh, but listening to the soundtrack was like really fascinating and so many different styles going on all in one record. I really recommend checking it out. It's it's pretty great and bizarre at the same time. <laughs> I didn't even know Dawn of the Dead had a soundtrack. So I definitely have to check that out. And the movie is so good. I think there's a lot of misconception about that movie. Yes, it is very violent and there's crazy stuff in it, but the depth and the character development and the story is really something. It's a it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great it's a really great classic horror movie that that uh, should be watched, I think. Absolutely. So what else? Anything else in your uh, playlist lately? Not so much. I can say that uh one of the songs on my album, like I have just been so so focused on writing and and recording, well, actually the writing was done, but I have been so focused on recording and finishing an entire album that, um, that yeah, even when I was driving to and from the studio, I just drove in silence because it was like 12 hours of my own music all day, every day. (laughs) So, uh, but I can say that one of the songs on the record was really inspired by James Bond themes as well. Like I've just kind of gotten some cinematic stuff going on in my own music listening as of late, aside from my own uh, release. I like the sound of that. So it sounds like when you're in the process of writing and recording, you are really focused. There's no outside distractions. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I don't know if that was, um, I guess it wasn't necessarily on purpose but I just did not feel really like listening to other music and also didn't feel like it would help me in any way. You know, it was just kind of like, um, I just wanted to sort of stay in. I, I don't know if that's such a good idea now that I'm talking <laughs> about it. <laughs> like staying in my own musical world instead of, uh, instead of seeing, you know, or listening to what, whatever else is out there. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I do kind of think that part of it was from just being basically in music all, for hours and hours all day, every day. That's just not common for me. Like, yes, I'm a musician and I play music and, you know, am involved with it a lot on my regular days, but not from like 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. every single day. Yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying. Like, Uh, I'm not ensconced in music night and day just because I do a weekly music podcast. There's a lot of other things I'm involved with. So it's like, okay, while I'm doing the podcast or preparing for the podcast, I'm neck deep in music. But then once I turn it off, I'm like, I'm done. I got to look at something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to be doing it all day. Yeah. I don't listen to music all day and night like I used to. There's so many other forms of entertainment now these days. Yeah. Are you are you going to tell me what you've been listening to, though? Yes, I am. 
<laughs> okay. Same as last. I'm glad you reminded me because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Same as last week. Hammock, my favorite band of all time, has two new singles out, and one of them is called Untruth. It's from their upcoming album, Love in the Void. And I, this song, I, I'm a wreck when I listen to it. I have so much invested in this band that just listening to the song, I get like all emotional and teary. And Aww. that's such, yeah, it's like such a good feeling though. And the yeah, that's song, so great. Yeah, the song is so good. So once again, I'm recommending Hammock, Untruth. I've also been going through my Spotify and looking at all the things I've listened to this year because I'm putting together my top 10 records of the year. I'm not going to spoil it because there's going to be a special episode about it. But yeah, Hammock Untruth. Check it out, everybody. I'm going to. I wrote it down. Awesome. You're going to love it. Well, listen, check back in with me and Emily in segment three. I'm going to catch up with her. I'm going to ask her about her upcoming records. And she also just put out a record of some AFI and Misfits covers. We're going to cover all that. We're going to talk about Twitch, my favorite subject. We're going to talk about everything. But right now, we are going to speak to Tiffany. Enjoy. We are here now with Tiffany. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Yes, it is wonderful to have you here. You know, you have accomplished in your lifetime what few musicians have. You've had a number one hit. You've continued to make albums throughout the years. You've done acting. You've done TV spots. You have a cooking show. You've done it all. And we're going to cover all that, Tiffany. But first, let me ask you, how are you doing today? I am well. I am sitting here having coffee and it just rained here in Nashville last night. Um, so all my plants are watered. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Which is great. Uh, I live kind of outside of Nashville uh, on like, you know, probably like a farm. We don't have too many animals, but um, but yes, it's beautiful. But it's great when nature helps out and rains. Now they tell me this weekend, though, the bad side is it's going to be really cold. <laughs> So here we are. I love fall, but winter, not so much. But, you know, this L.A. girl will will go through it. Um, But I'm doing great. I'm excited. It's a great day. And I'm, you know, just living life right now, getting ready for all the new stuff with the album. Yes, that's exciting. How, How long have you been in Nashville now? Gosh, this time around, this is my second time. I've actually been in Nashville more here than in L.A., um, which is shocking for me, but I moved here in the early nineties and I was here for about six, seven years. And then I moved back this time. And I think I've been here almost 17 years. Excellent. And it's got to be nice to experience the change of seasons, right? That's what I love most fall. Uh, winter's okay. I actually prefer winter to uh, 90 and a hundred degree heat, but you know, it's, it's nice to experience the change of seasons. It really is. I mean, coming from LA, you know, I lived in the mountains, so I got a little bit of that, but Um, most of the time it's, you know, pretty, pretty sunshine. It's, you know, pretty normal. Um, just the neutral kind of everyday sunshine, which sounds divine for a lot of people, but, um, you know, I don't know. I am probably spoiled. I just got used to it. I love the feeling and emotion that comes with the seasons. You know, I love the elation of the summer and, you know, even the sadness of the winter, but I write a lot of times and I'm, I'm most creative during like the fall and the winter. So this is a big patch for me as an artist, as a, 
you know, foodie as all the things I've got plate spinning, I've got, I'm also creating under what I've already created. (laughs) So you have a new album coming out, Shadows. It's coming out November 25th via Deco Entertainment. And this is your first album since 2018's Pieces of Me. So you must be really excited to have this music get out there into the world. Well, I am because, I mean, we've held this album back for a while, Um, you know, with COVID and different challenges. It was just like it wasn't the right time. And I had promoted it last year, excuse me, a little bit. And it didn't... um, it wasn't the right time for like being out on the road. So, um, you know, we held it back, but I have to say now is the perfect time. I definitely know that this was the right time. You know, I get exercise and patience, um, but it really is the perfect time. Now we can tour, we can go all over and make all my dreams of traveling. Although I don't like traveling on plane. I do love to see the, you know, the fans and I want them to have this music. Yes. It's exciting. I have heard the album. And I love it. There's a lot going on. We've got ballads. We've got straight rock and roll tunes that almost sound like ZZ Top or something like that, which is <laughs> awesome. We've got uh, more indie rock sounding stuff. I think there's a little bit of something for everybody. There really is on this. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, a little punk pop, a little bit of retro in, you know, modern production. It's a great album. And the ballads are really, you know, some of the, the, some that have just stretched me as a vocalist, um, which I love and the lyrics that, you know, that we, that we wrote and that I love, that I wrote like are amazing, you know? So it's everything I've ever wanted really coming all together. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's a great sauce. That's what I call it. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think it's going to give a great platform for the next uh, wave of Tiffany and what's to come. And, and I'm doing so many different experiences with the food and music, the TIFF takeovers, which I'm very excited now will turn into the acoustic part of Shadows, um, where you'll hear that music acoustically. Uh, won't be the whole album, but it'll be selected songs. And while you're having a dinner experience with me where they're serving my food and uh, we're doing rocktails and, you know, I'm, I'm just around foodie and pe- foodies and people who love music. Because they really do go hand in hand. And more and more, I find that that's, you know, through the pandemic, it definitely is what kept me alive. Um, and I, of course, will have full band show with more production on this one. I'm excited. I call it zhuzhin. We've zhuzhed it up a bit. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to take it out on the road. You know, I like the sound of that. I went on a big rant on my show recently because I'm just too old to go to shows anymore. And most of the shows I go to are clubs where you have to stand for three to four hours, depending on how many bands are playing. And I can't do it anymore. I can't stand up in boots for three hours around a bunch of wild, drunk people. Sometimes there's crazy stuff going on. The idea of sitting there and being served a meal and hearing you play acoustically is very appealing. Well, thank you. That It's a little bit of everything for everyone, you know? Um, because, yes, I mean, I have a lot of people that, during the pandemic, obviously we wanted to social distance. So we learned how to do these social distance evenings that come with food and, you know, are very kind of a private setting and they work, they only really work for like a hundred, you know, tops, 200 people. But uh, you know, I love the intimate stuff because it's a one of a kind show and, you know, not that the bigger productions aren't, But there's just something really, you know, I don't know, special, if you will, about the intimate evenings and definitely now the dining experience. But we're going to be ready to rock in February. We go out with a full band, selective dates on this one. It's not going to be a full tour. Usually I tour throughout the whole year. Um, People know me now as pretty hardcore touring artists, but this one is going to have selective dates. And, uh, and this one too will be at certain theaters where it can handle the production and it looks right. And it really just fits the room. I think I'm being a little more selective on this one, but in great areas like New York and LA and, um, you know, all through San Francisco and then taking it, you know, over to the, you know, UK. So we've got many plans. Hopefully they can all happen in, in, in one year. I don't know. It looks like I'm going to be busy, but I love it. I think, you know, now you just make it a vacation as well. I mean, I, again, I love to travel. 
And if I can pair that with food experiences where I go and meet chefs and learn a thing or two about mom and pop recipes all over the world, then I would be a happy girl. That sounds fantastic. So uh, you are quoted as saying shadows is about the light and dark of your life, the heartbreak that nobody knows about when you're trying to be fabulous on stage. Tell us about some of your personal experience that has gone into this latest album, Shadows. Oh, I mean, I definitely think it's, you know, Shadows is really about a lot of what I've seen. You know, people that have told me their heartbreak stories, um, breakups, losing people along the way, you know, to my own difficult relationships, you know, working with someone and being in love with someone and, you know, and being all around them all the time, you know, and learning that balance um, and coming from, you know, two breakups before that, you know, where both of us were coming from divorces. So there's been a lot of uh, adjustments, if you will. And I think that music as a songwriter definitely kept me sane. It was really my therapy. I mean, that's kind of what I do is I write. Sometimes I don't even think about it, if you will. It just comes through me. I'll just wake up with a melody in my head or a title or an emotion. And it just gnaws at you all day long um, until you kind of give it attention, if you will. (laughs) Isn't that the best feeling? I get that too, where it's almost like a lightning strike in my mind or a song will come to me, a lyric, a video idea, something like that. And then it's, it's almost like a freebie from some other place. Well, I had a very interesting conversation with my videographer, um, who director, who's doing the new video for your everything, the new single coming out from shadows. So we were in here in Nashville and we were, you know, just filming. Um, and then later on, we had this great conversation. All of us were sitting around the table and, and we just, we forget sometimes in my opinion, how art you know, in, in its entirety from paintings to art, to nature, to all of it is, you know, it is divine, you know, it really is something special. And when we get these songs, how we're like little keepers, if you will, of these messages or this, you know, push to write something that's going to inspire somebody or connect with someone or, you know, is for us, that is a little bit of a, you know, purging, if you will. Um, you know, it's really something magical. It's not to be taken lightly. We had a really deep conversation, but I walked away there so inspired and, and really, you know, feeling, I know it sounds cheesy, but grateful that, you know, this is, this is what I do. And like, I'm a little messenger, a little storyteller. I get to tell my stories and I get to perceive other people and hear and, and, and then, you know, and then deliver. So it's pretty amazing. I love that. Yeah. And you've been doing it a long time. I mean, you got started singing in front of people by the time you were nine years old, right? I did. I was singing country music in bars, actually, uh, when I was nine. And, you know, I was in and out very quickly, did my through three or four jams, and then that was it. Um, but, you know, it was all about connection. My parents didn't know what they were doing. My stepfather was the person who helped me get started in my career. Basically I sang all the time. And so he challenged me and didn't, I didn't know we went to the fair, quite a bit of people out there, over a hundred people in the crowd. They had this great band up there and I was just hanging with my friend. We were at the fair. That's all I knew. And all of a sudden they announced my name, Tiffany Renee. (laughs) She'd come up and sing a few songs with us. And my stepdad had paid the band $50 to say, look, my daughter wants to sing, but she sings around the house and she's singing at parties and, and with certain you know people in the house. Everybody says she's quite good and she's quite good. But that's one thing. If she won't do it in front of strangers, then, you know, and I keep asking her. So no time like the present. <laughs> that's totally like my dad. You will sink or swim. And um, I got up there. Not a problem. I was like, yeah, OK. <laughs> And then they asked me the serious questions. What key? And I was like, oh, I don't know anything about keys. The keys of the record. I don't know. It's like the record. <laughs> and uh, they just played some random key. And that's what I learned, you know, in country bands at nine. I learned to work with the bands or not. <laughs> I learned the woes of a vocalist. Um, and being young, of course, I was just jumping into it. So I didn't really have a say. So I learned to follow a band. 
sometimes right off the cliff. I mean, it was like, <laughs> I didn't know, but um, you know, I think that gave me really good instincts, actually those, those early days that I did, you don't know it, but later on that will all apply. Did you have the drive to perform that young or, I mean, obviously your stepdad was helping you out, getting you to these shows and, and working with the bands. Did you have the drive as well? Did you really want to perform in front of people that young? Oh, I did. Definitely. I was a dancer before that. I was a pageant girl before that. It just was something, there was something in me. Um, I was always singing from the earliest, like two years old. But I mean, no one in my family is a musician. My mom was divorced from my, my father at the time. And um, I, we lived at my grandparents' house and I was always singing and listening to, you know, jingles on TV and, and learning things and listening to my older cousin, listen to songs. Uh, country music is what was played in the house that and kind of, I guess, rockabilly, if you will, or um, even like a lot of like oldies, like, you know, Marvin Gaye and uh, Fats Domino was my grandma's favorite. So she played that a lot. So later on, I graduated to being able to be in the record room. They called it the den back then. <laughs> <laughs> and that had all the records and I could, you know, I could listen to the records by seven, eight, they trusted me. And that's what I did after I came home from school, I would do my chores. And that was right before my mom married my stepfather who would eventually help me with my career. Yeah. You wanted to sing country, but then you hooked up with the, uh, the manager, right? And they suggested, I think we're alone now and some of the other songs that became very big, right? Yeah, uh, definitely. I was, by the time I met George Tobin, I was doing demos and, you know, I had come to Nashville already. I was back in LA. We had tried various things really. Um, and it was just finding material that was right for me. Country wasn't it. Cause it, you know, talked about divorce and like loving your man. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. I was like, no, not really comfortable with this. So, um, you know, we went back to L.A. and I still was pursuing like country um, that was kind of like Americana, if you will, what we would call that now. Mm -hmm. um, so it was country pop and um, and a little bit of, you know, it had a little bit of folk folk in it a little bit. You know, it was it was really cool. And then George came down and I was actually in his studio and that was the beginning he started throwing songs like, you know, I think we're alone now. I saw him standing there. Could have been came along. Um, and then we started doing an album. Um, so it, you know, it happened very quickly once it started to happen. Uh, but it took, you know, some time. I was signed by 14. The album came out at 15 and I was touring the world by 16. So, and it really hasn't stopped. I mean, I've been really lucky to be able to take some time when I was raising my son. I've been lucky to do some crazy acting things uh, and now food stuff. And I just, you know, I love my fans because they just kind of ride the waves with me. I'm like, hey, I'm into this. You want to be into this? Let's do this. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it must have been. How did you handle the pressure? You're 16 years old, 15, 16 years old. You've got a number one hit. You're performing with some really big artists. I mean, where are you at at that time with this whole thing? I think, I, again, I was just riding the wave. I, you know, I didn't have any other plan. It was just my life. So I just rolled with it and it was exciting and it was fun and it was what everything I wanted to do. It got a little hard when you'd come back to school and you don't really fit in because no matter what high school is high school, you could be famous or not, but your true friends are going to be like, yeah, you weren't here and it was my birthday. Like yeah. that was pretty shit. And, every, <laughs> and everyone else, like even being famous people, I could see kids being so petty. They'd like give you a hard time about it and give you. A, they like, did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like my one girlfriend, she got pregnant and she had to leave school. Um, so, you know, that was, that was really hard because by that time I went to a small private school because um, I was on and off the road so much. So high school wasn't working. So I had a teacher on the road and then I was working with my small private school and, it, you know, my best friend had to leave. And that was it. I was stuck with people who never wanted to be my friend, who were like all pro Tiffany. And I was like, yeah, not so much. And, and then I had, you know, other people who were my friends. But again, if you can't keep up, they're like, you know, they don't call you as much. And then you're home and you're like, I'm home for a couple of days. 
And you're also like, it's different. You're saying things that are applied to the road and they're like, what are you talking about? So your, your road family quickly becomes something very special, I think. So the, the mall tour in 87, a lot of people know about this because this is how you got into the national and international spotlight. Did those shows start out really big, like in the video? Was there a lot no. of people there right away? No, there was like three people. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it took a while to connect the dots. I mean, it's nothing that had been done before. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, even to the even to the some of the retailers there at the mall when I would arrive, they weren't even informed <laughs> there was going to be somebody dancing and singing in front of their store. And sometimes they were quite pissed off because it was a jewelry store. So that's not their clientele. They don't need obstacles in front of their way. Right. You know, and um, so we had complaints. We had all of that fun stuff, but it didn't stop it. It just kept rolling on. I had a great, you know, team and the management just kept going. The label just made it happen. And then it started to take off, you know, I think with different radio stations picking up on it, saying free concert and by then, you know, the, the single had started to spin a little bit and it made sense and it was free and it was at the mall, everybody's favorite happy place at that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The mall used to be everything. Like even uh, me growing up 12, 13, that's where I'd be. That's where I'd want to be. That's where I hung out. I mean, it made sense. You know, it like even before the mall tour, that's where I hung out. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you, you know, I just come from a middle class family. So for me on the weekend, on a Saturday, it was safe. My mom knew where we were. She'd drop us off. A couple of girlfriends. I'd have five dollars. They'd have five dollars, and that would last you like the whole day, really. Sometimes, you know, because you would share stuff and share French fries and look at. Remember the record store? I used to be in there for hours, just looking at stuff. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, growing up is hard enough as a teenager, as a kid. But you know, on top of that, you have worldwide fame now and custody battles and earnings battles. And I'm sure you've got managers in one ear and parents in the other. Like, how do you deal with all that at such a young age? What do you what do you do? You hire a very good attorney. Ah, that's <laughs> um, the secret. No, but that is the secret. I didn't know that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently that is the secret. Um, no, I, I don't know. You, you just really kind of, again, roll with it. All of my battles, you know, are, have been public. You can't really prepare for it. No. Um, and, you know, now that I'm a little wiser about being a celebrity, if you will, but I'm also somebody who pretty much lives out loud because no matter what, I think, you know, it's going to be, they tell about something and make up all this stuff or you tell your story. And I'm, I rather just, I've always been like that. I've always been like, what do you want to know? I'll tell you, you yeah. know, and it might come with, it might come with tears. It might come with, you know, a little bit of, I'm a pissed off about it. I don't know, you know, and sometimes I think like right now we're working on a book for me and just reminiscing is bringing it again. There's that creative coming out right now. It's a good time for me to start talking about these stories and I look at some of this stuff so differently um, than when I went through it. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, I haven't really dissected my life. I'm always somebody who goes forward, not really back. Although I'm, I, I'm like, a, I don't really like change, <laughs> but yet I'm an entertainer, which is so funny. <laughs> it's like, you know, that just cancels itself out every day um, because, you know, entertainment is, you know, what my life and what my commitment has been is you kind of don't have a say about your life. I mean, you do, but when you're on tour, you're touring. And when you're doing something else, you're doing this. And now with all the social media and all the different things, it's a job. And, you know, I can't especially just take off and do things or shut down when you want to, or, you know, any of that, you have to kind of work through it. And, um, and that's kind of what I've learned. I think back then, emotionally or having to deal with all the fame or, you know, and all the rise and fall or even my public life, I just did the same. I just went through it. And then later on, I think I processed stuff. I'm like a four in the morning person where I have like the cries or the whatever. 
And then I wake up the next morning. I'm like, okay, let's go. You know, but um, yeah, it's, I've always been that person. I try to look at the positive in everything. Um, but I am a Libra. So we love balance and we love to we people please all these things. And I think you'll hear that through my music. It's weird because my character does come out of my music, you know, I'm compromising myself, seeing things that you, you know, or not addressing things you just blatantly see, you know, all of these things I'm probably guilty of a little bit. And I write songs about that because you want to believe the best in people and you, you don't like change and you don't want to address and there's never a good time. All these things that really apply in life. And I think that's, you know, was really even in my childhood when it came to leaving managers or, you know, moving on or even the emancipation and being in a bad situation at home. You know, these are things that went on for a while until you finally address them. Yeah, I think you have a great outlook. And I think it's stuff that everybody goes through. You know, you had the unfortunate part of some of it being on display for the entire world to see, but a lot of people go through that stuff, difficulties with parents and figuring out who you are. I know I've gone through a lot of that and I'm at a point now where I can just be grateful for what I have and not focus on the past so much and keep it moving forward. Definitely. I mean, that's the one thing through music too, again, and just, you know, even writing like this album or pieces of me, when people come up and they're like, you know, I, you think they're going to say, I think we're alone now or something. They go, pieces of me really spoke to me or starting over. I can so relate. And it just, again, it validates you all those experiences that you went through. Um, again, they're, you know, you go through them for a reason. People do understand you're not the only person. Um, and I do find that a lot in, in my music, connecting those words with other people of like experiences. Did you ever, uh, I know there was some battles when you were very young about earnings and with parents and custody and all this stuff. Did you ever find peace with your mom? Oh, definitely. Oh, good. Um, you know, I mean, that was, that was the thing about my family. We were very loving and kind, but you know, when you addiction is, is a wild ride, Oh yeah. you know? And so you have that dichotomy, if you will, of personality that is dealing with a lot of stuff. So that person is in and out, if you will. Um, but my mom was always loving. We always loved each other, but you know, there was a lot of, I th- would say probably manipulation mm-hmm. because of the alcoholism. And it took her many years, but she got sober and um, we had a great relationship. We fixed a lot of stuff. And, you know, my mom was, again, one of those people that she didn't like to deal with stuff. And finally, she started to have to deal with things and, you know, again, validate other people and their experiences and say, yes, okay, that was my best moment, you know, and, you know, say sorry a couple of times doesn't hurt because we all make mistakes. And, you know, but, you know, I think that was a very healing thing for all of us. And I'm proud to say my family is, you know, they've all passed on now, but everybody went out on a great note. Um, And, you know, we, and that's the best you can hope for. Um, And I think, again, there's so much now that applies to my life when I meet fans or people that are going, even currently going through it, you know, might be in a bad situation. I said, well, you know, you never know, it might take time, but later on, always keep the door open to resolve that, you know, and especially if somebody is dealing with addiction and then they're going through sobriety, you know, definitely support. Um, And then definitely see that growth with my mom. It was a, it was a slow train, but she definitely got there and I'm very proud of her. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, I can relate. That's my story, addiction, alcoholism, most of my life. And then I came out of that and really started doing all the things I wanted to do. But it's very good to hear that, you know, you could have those conversations with your mother and that she could be part of your life because, you know, you have a son as well. So it'd be good to to be together, you know? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, she called him Evie and that was her, her buddy. And, you know, I mean, it was great because my mom became just my mom when I became a, a mom yeah. and uh, she could apply some, all of that knowledge. You know, she, there wasn't much she could give me about the music industry. She never, that's not her jam. So for me, as just a mom. I was like, okay, here we go. I need you. Um, and she was, she was wonderful, you know, and I think that she felt really comfortable on that level. And, 
you know, again, by that time, there was no alcoholism in my family and things were better. And I'm very close to my two sisters that I moved to Nashville. Uh, So again, our parents have moved on, but, you know, passed on, but we're all together. And that's a big highlight for me to have all my sisters here and everybody be functional and, you know, be happy. It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. And there's more beautiful things happening. You've got tour dates coming up. Again, you've got the new album Shadows coming out November 25th. So we want to check that out. Where can we check out Let's Food with Tiffany? Let's Food with Tiffany. You can always go to tiffanytunes.com. That's all things Tiff World, from cooking to my online boutiques, to my beauty blog, uh, to the behind the scenes stuff on Shadows, uh, which we're creating now. So on and on and on, tiffanytunes.com. Let's Food with Tiffany is on Instagram. So follow me there, Let's Food with Tiffany. And uh, there's also Facebook, Let's Food with Tiffany. So join the cooking club if you're interested for more stuff, because definitely uh, we're traveling now. I'm working with, again, my Zhuzhi chefs to my mom and pop places, uh, to everything in between, cooking for the band, cooking at home. Uh, but you do get my recipes. You get to Zoom with me. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. The cooking club, we have a blast. It's growing in community and I love it. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to checking it out and I'm looking forward to more from you, Tiffany. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You know, you've done so much. You're still doing so much. You've helped a lot of people and I'm looking forward to more. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And there you have it, Tiffany. That was an awesome conversation. You know, she only had 30 minutes because she had so much press scheduled for that day, but we covered a lot of ground in that time. The shopping mall tour that introduced her to the world, you know, the difficulty she had in her family and dealing with her mom's alcoholism. And I was really glad to hear that they mended fences because, you know, she has a kid now. And I I just imagine I was hoping that everything was okay and they could come back together and the grandmother would be able to see the grandchild. And they did. So that's good. And she's continued making music throughout the years. You know, this new album has everything. It's got straight ahead rock songs. It's got more indie rock sounding stuff. It's got the ballads. It's got it all. And once again, how often do you get to talk to somebody who had a number one single? That's the world. I don't know anything about, and it was really fascinating to me to get to talk to her about that whole thing. So awesome conversation. Thank you again, Tiffany. So M, let's talk about ourselves. We love doing that. (laughs) How are you doing? Now, you recently put out a record, RHV 1.5. Now this has two AFI covers and two Misfits covers. Yes? Yes. Tell us about this. Uh, So it's not it, it's not quite out yet it's available for pre-sale but it's a 7-inch record that yes the side A has um two covers uh they're like I took two AFI songs and made them into like dance party covers and then I took two misfits songs for the other side and turned them into piano like acoustic piano songs. Nice. And uh, yeah, these were all songs inspired by and chosen by my patrons, which um, I think is really fun. And yeah, it's going to be on randomly colored vinyl, which is exciting to me because I have no idea what color it's going to end up being. And that's <laughs> kind of a, an, uh, an adventure and a surprise. And... I think that's that's the rundown on that seven inch. How does the vinyl color randomly get selected? Like who ultimately selects it? It sounds exciting because you don't know what you're going to get exactly. Yeah, well, I, I'm under the impression that it is the <laughs> it's a lot it's a little less exciting than uh, than it sounds maybe because. I'm pretty sure they take whatever is let lying around, whatever vinyl is uh, the extra scraps of the colored vinyl. So, I mean, it's not going to be black. That's the only thing I know is that they're going to take their whatever they've got going on uh, with their leftovers and mix that all in to this pressing. And yeah, I've done it twice before because that's how 
Uh, that's how I've done the first two survival guide seven inches. And, um, it's just been a long time. So I'm, I'm excited all over again to get some randomly colored vinyl, but the first times it was like the colors ranged. So you could kind of see how they started out with maybe a red and then they probably put in some white because there's some that are kind of more pink. Some of them are more translucent and some of them are more solid. And then it ranges into like a tan and a brown and into a green and various shades of, of all of those colors. And wow. yeah, I don't know if I, I felt like they really did a pretty decent job of choosing colors that were similar to the, the artwork, like the cover artwork. So I'm kind of hoping that that happens again. So it's like you're getting something truly unique. Yeah, exactly. Nobody knows what it'll be. <laughs> Not even you. No. <laughs> but uh, I, I like that you do different things with the cover songs. You know, it's like it, it ends up being its own thing. I think that's the way to go when you're covering another band. Yeah, I prefer to do it that way. I've I've done a lot of covers now with the uh, with the Patreon rewards that I had set up, and um, it's fun to sit down and listen to a song and think about what would be a a decent like reimagining of the style of it. So I'm glad that you um, agree with that. I'm doing the same thing in my band. I'm I'm going to give the people an exclusive. I'm going to tell you a little bit, but not everything. I think we're going to cover. Phil Collins. Ooh, which one? But I'm oh, you're I'm not going to say. say <laughs> I'm not going to say what song, but we started to sit down and kind of figure it out and we're going to make it sound like us and I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that sounds fun. I mean, it's Phil Collins. You can't go wrong with Phil Collins. Yeah. Yeah, I used to I used to really not like Phil Collins, but um at some point along the way, I acquired one of his records on vinyl and then I had to admit it's really good. He's so good. Yeah. Super catchy. Let's talk about your new album. How long have you been working on this? Let's go, let's say like starting to write it. Oh, wow. Um, well, it has been a number of years since I started writing it. Um, I really have, or I guess had this in the past tense, I had really been struggling with being a completely solo artist and writing songs alone. So it took a, a really long time for me to get past that enough to really force myself to continue to write because it has been a goal for a long time for me to write an, write an album and record it. So yeah, uh, it's been, I would say the first song I wrote for the record in, I think it was early 2020. The first oh, well. song. Yeah. Maybe maybe 2019 even. Yeah. I remember you said that your writing partner and the the other fellow from the band, I think you, oh, you moved. You moved to Texas, right? So you had to learn to do all this on your own. And I'm sure there was a ramp up period with that. Yes, exactly. I had to teach myself how to record myself. Um, and the Cover songs that I did on Patreon really helped me along the way, learning how to do all that stuff and just what what was fun for me, you know? So yeah, I wish I could remember for sure what what year I started writing this album, but yes, it's been it's been multiple years now. I like the process. I like learning these things. We were talking about this a little bit before I hit record, but it can be stressful figuring all this stuff out, audio, microphones, inputs, outputs, all this stuff. But ultimately, I like it. I mean, otherwise, I wouldn't have thousands of dollars of equipment sitting in front of me and spend uh, a lot of my free time trying to figure all this stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, it feels really good once you have it figured out. And then you're like, oh, it's not really... It seemed like much more of a big deal than it actually is. Yeah, it, it really just comes down to patience and being able to Google stuff. You yeah. just you just keep Googling different stuff and trying it until you find the thing that works. That's what technical support is. Yes, exactly. I want to be able to record music and put together demos in my house. I I'm getting closer to being able to do it. I made a mashup just by pulling stuff from YouTube and putting it together. And it's been 
It's been getting some attention on YouTube, so that's fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I, I want to like, I want to like record music and demo it and be able to send it to my band and be like, hey, check this out, you know? Oh yeah, I'm sure with the gear that you have that it can be done. Yeah, I should probably just like pick up a guitar and try it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. Hopefully, everybody listening can hear. I have a brand new setup here. I've got a legit. Sure, podcasting microphone with an XLR input and the Go XLR Mini. I'm like big time now. It's crazy what's going on over here. What, for your demos, would you be putting drums on them? Yeah, I ha- that's going to be the tricky part. Yeah. Because I don't know how to do that. I don't even know where I would do that. Yeah, I mean, I I use uh, like a MIDI pad, like a drum drum pad basically and then i can assign different sounds to the different pads and just play it with my fingers like i'm tapping out a drum beat it's pretty fun oh that's what i need because i'm such a good finger drummer yeah <laughs> like i i can do it perfectly oh there you go that'll be so easy for you then all right so midi pad mm-hmm. uh that's what i'm gonna get for christmas okay here yeah. we go <laughs> it's all happening it's a good thing we're talking yeah so how is twitch streaming going i uh I drop into your Twitch sometimes just to see what's going on. I, I mostly lurk in every channel that I'm on, uh-huh. um, but I am there sometimes. How's it going? It's going great. I I mean, I'm really enjoying it. I've been on a break from it since I was away recording the album. And so, yeah, it's been it's been about a month since I streamed on Twitch. But before that, it was only getting better all the time. I really have fun performing on there. And I think now that my record is completed, at least the recording part is done. I want to branch out and do some more activities with Twitch besides just doing song requests. But of course, I also want to learn more songs and get better at the songs that I have on my list so that I'm just always improving. Yeah, you do live learns, which seems like the the scariest thing to me. You know, I'd want to like be offline and perfect it before I go online and perform it for people. But you just get on there and and you learn it and you learn it well. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I I definitely was nervous about that at first, but um, I think after I had a really great little community built, I felt comfortable doing it. And I also figured, well, I might as well try it. And if I hate it, I can just delete the VOD and never do it again. You know, (laughs) it's like it never happened. That's the important thing to remember about Twitch is it's different from other platforms. People just want to hang out. Like they're there because they want to hang out with you. And the streamers that I like, they could just be sitting there talking, doing a crossword puzzle, playing a video game. Doesn't matter. It's like the fun is being there with them and interacting with people in the chat and and all that. Yeah, it seems like people enjoy it, even the live learns. Definitely the request streams are more active, I would say, but um but people are also interested to see what the process is like and I think sometimes they're surprised by it. You know, people who are not musical and maybe never have been are just like, "Oh wow, you're 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 learning a song, right?" in front of me, you know, it is interesting to watch the process, you know, because like, I write music, and I've released music, but I can still watch you and be like, Oh, yeah, that's how you do it. Anybody can do it. Yeah, yeah, just sit down and figure it out. (laughs) My last stream was also like a month ago. And I really went for it. I promoted it on all of my channels. And I streamed for like six hours that day. Oh, wow. That's because Modern Warfare 2 came out and I wanted to stream the, what's it called? The campaign. And something like four or five people actually came through throughout the day. So I was like, this is awesome. This is the most people I've ever had here. <laughs> nice. It was really fun. But, you know, I, I invested all this money in microphones. I have a two PC set up and they're connected and I've got expensive mice and gaming keyboards and all this stuff. And I was going to really commit to having a weekly stream schedule and stick to it. But you know what I've realized, Em, is I don't love streaming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's unfortunate after all that. (laughs) I I like doing it, 
but it has to be on my terms. Like, uh, yeah. Sometimes I, I, sometimes I just record myself playing a game, and I'll just make content that's not live streaming. I like doing that sometimes, and I want to stream when I want to do it because I got I turned it into this whole mental thing where like I'm like, well, you can't play a video game unless you're on Twitch because you have to be on Twitch to build up that platform. And I'd be like, but I don't feel like streaming. All right, well, I'm not going to play any games. And I found myself not playing games anymore because like I didn't want to stream. And I was like, wow, I'm ruining this thing that I enjoy doing. So now I've just, I've stopped obsessing about it. And I'm like, I'm going to do it when I feel like doing it. And that's it. Yeah, that makes sense. It is kind of weird to have a, to have a set schedule for something that you enjoy doing in a leisurely, like a relaxing kind of way, you know? Exactly. I have to keep it a hobby. And I finally made like a separate gaming page for all the gaming content. And I posted a couple reels that went viral and everybody was making fun of me. They're like, you're bad. You suck. You didn't aim right. You didn't do- but the the point of the videos are that I'm bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like that was the joke and everybody missed the point. And I, I got so mad. I was about to start replying in the comments and be like, you suck. You're an idiot. You don't get the joke. But I, I was like, I, I can't get sucked into this. So I turned off notifications and just let it go. Yeah, that's smart. I think that's yeah. I think that's the way to be for sure. I can't be arguing with random people on the internet. That's that's not going to lead anywhere good. Yeah, that's a waste of energy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is going on with you? How's life down in Texas? Are you happy? Is everything good? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm I'm still, I mean, I... I know I keep talking about how I just got back from the studio, um, but I literally got back like three days ago and it was a lot, it was almost a month long trip. And Whoa. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I'm still, I'm kind of still uh, not in the swing of things as far as like my schedule. And also when I left, it was hot here and now it's cold. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the time changed and everything. So, uh, so I'm a little bit uh, discombobulated might be a good word for it. I bet. Um, but, uh, but everything's great. Like I'm happy to be home. I'm happy that I finished my part of the album. It still is in mixing process right now. So I still definitely have to do some listening to it for, you know, for approving mixes, but I feel really good about life and everything right now coming off of that record. Where did you record it? I recorded at Flying Blanket Studios in Phoenix. Oh, so that's a pretty far trip. Yeah. You were there for a month? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't I haven't done anything like that in a long time. And it was also just the idea of it was kind of overwhelming to me because I'm the only person in the band, you know? So it was like, well, it's not normally I've been like only doing part of the work. Uh when when it's been professional like this. Um, it's like, if I'm not just recording with a friend or somebody in my own city, you know, if I'm traveling to, to record and, and the studio's locked out and everything, then it's, um, it's always been like, okay, the drummer is going in for the first few days and I can come by and like, see how it's going, but I don't have to be there from start to finish, you know? But this time it was like, yeah, day one to the last day in the studio was I was there all the time. I would be freaking out. Uh, just me because you know, you I've only recorded with bands and you get there and you you can ask people advice and you, you you have people to bounce stuff off of. So if it was just me, I'd be like, oh man, like how did it go for you? Was there a ramp up period to to get comfortable? Did did you do everything on the schedule that you had set? Um it did take me a bit to get comfortable. Um, I was working with Bob Hogue, who owns the studio, and he's um, he used to drum in the band Pollen, or he still does, I guess, but they, they used to be like a touring band. And um, so we started out with him adding a lot of drums, because all of my demos had, you know, electronic drums on them, which weren't necessarily intended as final tracks. So he, we did a lot of drum stuff first and that was, it was, <laughs> I don't know what's a good way to describe it. Uh, it was, I, let's say taxing um, <laughs> on me to sit and listen to drums 
for hours, just like yeah. all day long. And um, also being that my main thing has always been vocals, it's, you know, looking at the schedules like, okay, wow. So we've, we aren't going to get vocals. We aren't going to even approach vocals until like the last five days of studio time. So it was just so much preparation to get to my, I mean, that's what's weird is that it's all my parts, you know, it's like the whole thing is, is my record. Um, It was just, it was really, really interesting, really exhausting as I had expected it would be, but um, also just a super great experience and really awesome to hear these songs that I wrote being made professional. (laughs) So that's, that's what was really exciting. That's the best part. You know, the last record I put out, being in the studio and hearing the demos back and hearing it be close to what I imagined in my head is the best part. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I was amazed by how, you know, how the ideas, how rough these ideas that I brought to the studio were and, and how they're sounding now. I'm just like, wow, it's really, it's real. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever miss working with a band or working with other people or you, are you pretty content working mostly by yourself? I, there are pros and cons to both. I feel like there are definitely aspects that I miss about working with other musicians um, you know, like you said earlier, having people to bounce ideas off of, uh, this whole time I've just kind of been like, well, I guess, I guess this is a song. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm going to record. And I guess it'll, I hope it's good. I don't know. And yeah, I mean, just sharing, having camaraderie is, is always probably the best part, I think, of being in a band and working with other people. Um, but it's also great to completely get to do what I want and work on what I want and have songs be how I want and, you know, play shows or not play shows depending on how I feel. And I don't have to clear anything with anyone else's schedule. Um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of freedom in it, but it's also can be lonely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you, you know, this podcast I do myself now, mostly, unless uh, there's a guest host like yourself doing it with me. But I like that because I don't have to worry about two schedules anymore, like you're saying, or coordinate two people or have uncomfortable conversations and all the stuff that comes up when you're working with other people. And it's got to be great to be able to create by yourself. You know, I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of other mostly solo artists that I've spoken to, Zola Jesus, Cold Cave. Like you, you can sit down and write the music yourself and then just go out and play it. That's got to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty great. And also there's the, you know, there's the ability to collaborate with a producer, which is what I did with Bob. Like um all the songs were written when I got there, but I did have him to say like, "Oh yeah, this is good." Or like, "Uh, oh, maybe we change this here and this here." You know, just like some and and luckily we we worked well together. So I, you know, there, I wasn't offended by his suggestions and, uh, it, it all worked out. That's good. Yeah. It's good to, uh, it's important to have someone, you, you know, maybe that, you know, or you're at least on the same page with, because if someone doesn't understand what you're doing at all, the suggestions they're making are just going to be, I don't know, out of left field. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily that wasn't the case. I, I did worry about that because I've never worked with him before and didn't know what it was going to be like between the the seven inch that's out for pre-order and the full length record that will be out whenever i don't know <laughs> there's no uh, there's no official actually there's no really official release date on either of these on either of these but i'm really excited to have two things in the works because you know that's it's really fun to have some a new release, let alone two new releases uh, lined up. Yes. So to everybody listening, make sure you pre-order RHV 1.5. There's not a release date yet, but you want it. It's going to be a unique color of vinyl. We don't know what color yet, but you want it. We also have a full-length record to look forward to. And you can also see M on Twitch. Survival Guide is her handle. She does live learns. She does 
cover requests. She does all kinds of stuff. Drop in and check it out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's actually Survival Guide Music is my handle on Twitch. Survival Guide Music. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of like the Twitch window on the left where it kind of cuts off. So <laughs> yeah. I can see it in my mind, but I can't yeah. read it all. <laughs> there you go. Survival Guide Music. Check it out. And M, I just want to say thank you so much for guest hosting with me this week. It was really fun to catch up. It sounds like a lot of awesome things are happening. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And listen, we're out of time, but I am back next week. I'm here every week. New guests, new guest co-hosts. You never know what's going to happen here at the new scene. It's always exciting. So that's it for this week. We're going to end the show with a clip from the song Shadows, which is from Tiffany's new album that is out now, also called Shadows. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next time.